So monetization is a really popular and very sought after conundrum that music artists want to solve. And when I get uh, questions submitted to me, uh, a lot of the time I'm being asked, what is the best way to make money from music? And I have different thoughts about this uh, and I wanted to get into them today and talk about the best ways that I believe you can monetize music in 2022. First of all, before we get into all of the different methods, my biggest point about monetizing music is the fact that I really truly believe at my core, if you're getting into the music industry to try to make money, then your values are completely backward. You should not be trying to monetize your music as your main objective. Truth be told, your monetization is a definite possibility, but it comes after you've built an audience and then you know you therefore have people there ready to monetize or to sell things to that they may want to spend money on, so to speak. But to come into the music industry and think to yourself, okay, I'm going to release my first EP and I'm going to start a Patreon and, you know, get people to pay. It's only a couple of dollars per month and they'll pay that few dollars per month. And then from that, uh, all I have to do is get X amount of subscribers and I'll be making the same amount of money that I'm making at my job now. And I can just work on releasing music every day. And to those artists, I often say, well, what are you thinking or planning on providing to these Patreon subscribers? And oftentimes they'll send the same response back. It will always be, oh, like early access to my new songs and uh, just bonus music and that kind of thing. It's completely music centric and very, very, very contained in what they would be providing to people, which would be purely music focused. And they don't like to hear when I say that that's not going to work. In order for people to want to subscribe to a Patreon, they already have to be quite far down the listen path. That is toward becoming a true fan. They already have to be in the converted stage, which is the third stage down. It's after they become a fan. And then at that point, they're only prepared to pay small amounts of money for things that they get exponentially higher value from. Uh, you know, the investment they put in is significantly lower for the return they get. And just hearing new music early is likely not enough to get someone to spend money on a Patreon. Uh, usually when people subscribe to Patreons, it's because they're at that point of their connection journey, walking down the listen path, that is, that they feel like they want to step closer toward you as a human. It's almost like at that point, if they're connection is high enough, they'd be prepared to pay that small fee every single month, even if nothing was provided. I mean, within reason, but hear me out here. It's not about what they're receiving in return. It's not a transactional exchange where they're like, I paid for this and I expect to be given this. They're paying to you that money to be part of a closed group because they want to be closer towards you. And that may sound fantastic. I mean, right, right? People are paying you money just because they want to be closer towards you. You don't have to provide things back every single time for them to feel satisfied or at least positive about the fact that they're giving you money. But that only comes after you're able to develop such a connection with these people that they're prepared to act in such a way. And that is where things get difficult. To increase someone's connection that high takes a lot of work and an incredibly resonant message communicated to them, to specific listeners, not the general public, to people who can resonate with the message of your movement. Those that are going through the suffering that your music and its movement can remove them from in order to, for them to build that connection to want to eventually get to that point. What it doesn't come from is you being a music artist that releases music and then says to your audience, hey, subscribe to my Patreon and you'll hear more music earlier. If you do such a thing, you are only setting yourself up for disappointment. And nothing makes me feel as awkward as it does when I work with music artists one-on-one and I ask them what their goals are and they say, Jason, my plans are to monetize. I'm sick of not earning money from my music. I'm sick of my job. I want to do this full-time and my number one goal is to monetize my music. I want to monetize it within the next few months. And I assess these artists and they do not have an established audience yet. They do not have listeners of high enough connection level to warrant releasing a paid subscription model. So 
it's not just about providing music in a closed circle and then charging people per month for it. You have to focus on increasing their connection enough to get to that point. Now, I know when I say that, that there are some people, 1% or even less, will hear that and say, yeah, but I subscribe to a Patreon for one of my favorite artists and I pay each month and they just release music. So that's why I'm there to hear music earlier. And to those people, I say, you may think that that's why you're subscribed, but subconsciously you've built enough of a connection with them to want to be in a closed circle with them, to not miss out on anything they release to people earlier, to justify your internal belief that you are a big enough fan of theirs to deserve to be in such a closed circle, which I mean, you'll act in congruence to that subconscious belief. And that, I mean, ultimately that's the reason why you're in these groups. You may think rationally that you're in these groups because you're looking to uh, receive the new music early, but I mean, there's a lot of subconscious elements at play. If you don't believe me, just think about other music artists that you think are good, that may have Patreons or whatever available that you're not subscribed to because you haven't yet built enough connection to warrant being part of that closed circle. I've talked about this before, but essentially this all comes down to trying to create closed circles that make people step closer towards you. The more that people are interested in you, the more a physical closeness must be emulated through the digital means you have available to you. What I mean by that is, is that yes, for the people who are just finding out about you, seeing you post on Twitter or Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, posts that are a little bit distant from who you are as a real person. I'm not saying about not diving into personal topics. I'm talking about emulating a physical closeness. Uh, They're very much just text on a screen and that's as far as away as from a human uh, connection as you can get. But as people's connection increase, they want to have more to do with you. So that's why I think podcasts are a great format because it's like being on the phone with someone and that's closer to an actual physical experience. You know, as people increase more connection, they need to have more access to you as a person, whether that be on a Discord server where you come on and hang out with people. I mean, that's pretty close to a real thing because you're not scripting and editing and releasing chopped up videos that are, you know, to the masses. This is a closed circle of people that you're hanging out in real time with. Like, that's pretty cool, right? That's why listeners with the highest levels of connection for an artist or to an artist, more specifically, will pay hundreds of dollars for a 30-second meet and greet. They want that physical closeness and that human connection. I don't know. I don't want to get into that into today's episode, but that's a bit of an overview about that. Essentially, at the core of it, all of us humans are forever looking for human connection and the music industry, you know, it's no different here. Uh, But essentially, when it comes to monetizing music, you need to understand that that should not be your first priority. If you're looking to make money, there are plenty of ways to make money within the music industry, but they pretty much all require an audience already established that have uh, the connection level to warrant spending the money that you're asking them to spend. The more money you're asking them to spend, typically the higher level of connection they'll need to have in order to purchase it. The only times that that isn't applicable is when the value that they're getting on the other side of it far outweighs the purchase price that they're making. And that's usually more to do with businesses than it is for music artists. But if you are a music artist with a motivation that lends itself very well to a business model, then you could take advantage of that fact. But it's very difficult to make money consistently from doing so. But if you have an audience that has moved significantly down the listen path, you uh, you have several opportunities to be able to monetize and make money from these listeners. You can do so by selling merchandise of different kinds. You can do so by selling exclusive things. I mean, limited runs of merchandise sell really well. The quirkier and weirder they can become. I remember back in the day when I used to uh, manage a few bands, one of them in particular was a metal band and they were saying how they wanted to release merchandise because every band they played with had t-shirts and that's what they wanted to do was t-shirts. And I 
assets and what's the goal of releasing the merchandise? And they were like, oh, we want to make money from it. And I was like, okay, well, if that's the case, why not do something different? And I went and got a catalog that I'd been given that had all the different types of merchandise you could get printed through this company. And they were a business focused company that would, I would say most of the times people would order for them would be for conventions. Do you know when you go to a business convention or if you've seen someone come back from one, they come back with bags full of like swag, like pens, pencils, frisbees, notebooks, that kind of stuff. And in this catalog, uh, I had to, it, it did take a second or two for me to convince them to think so strangely because they were a band that very much wanted to do what other bands had done. But I said to them, if you do something strange and pick strange merchandise out of this, it will sell out incredibly quickly. And we ended up finding that we could get stress balls printed with their logo on it that would sell out instantly. And they did because everyone wanted to buy one and just throw it around in the mosh pit while they were playing. And because of that, everyone talked about them and it did really well. So think outside of the box with the merchandise that you're looking to get printed. I remember after we did that, they went back and were looking through the catalog and one of them went, oh my goodness, can you imagine if we got alarm clocks done? And I thought that was very funny, but that's the type of thing you should be doing is like if the quirkier and weirder the merchandise is, the more likely people will want to buy it if it's a limited run. And they can understand that. If you bring a t-shirt out and say there's a limited amount of these designs, then fair enough. But if you say, hey, we're getting 15 alarm clocks made, uh, you can buy one if you want. The biggest fans will step forward to buy them and they will sell out very quickly because who knows when the next time will be that you get an alarm clock done, but chances are you'll get other t-shirts printed with other designs in the future. The more outside of the box you can think, the better things will typically sell, but also the more that what you're selling aligns with what your motivation message is and the more that it physically represents and visually represents, and I will say practically represents your branding and the message you're trying to push forward, the more it will sell as well. As I said, that band before were a metal band. They got stress balls made. That makes sense, right? Loud, down-tuned metal, you know, stress balls. They go together. People throwing them around in a mosh pit makes sense. Uh, If they released bath soaps, I mean, that would be more of an ironic type of merchandise option. So try to find something that works for you. If you're trying to exhibit freshness and calmness and serenity, then maybe something like bath soaps would work for you. It just depends on the message you're trying to push. Now, earlier I said that most of your options require that you have an audience established already. I uh, do think that the best job for music artists, I've said it a million times before, and I will say it a million times into the future, is becoming a private songwriting coach. Um, I have, since saying that, I've started a program where I have taken multiple music artists in a closed beta program from zero to earning six figures each year from private songwriting coaching. Um, And you think to yourself, well, would I have to give up my music to do that. Not at all. I used to do it uh, for many years and it was amazing. I've never actually worked ever in my life for anyone other than myself. And part of that reason was because I was a songwriting coach and I could work the hours I wanted to work and I earned good money for the hours that I did work. Typically, if you work of an afternoon, four hours of an afternoon, you have your entire days free to work on music or do whatever you want. Then you start working in the afternoon, finish around dinner time and you make good money in doing so. You get to work with upcoming songwriters and teach them how to become songwriters then record with them and have fun and just make music all the time. And then you have all the time free to be able to work on your music. And when the time comes that you need to tour, you're able to control the hours that you need and the time you need off because you are your own boss. And uh, yeah, you only have to work if like you know, of a weekday and you can earn six figures. It's it's It sounds like it's too good to be true, but it absolutely is not. Um, I started the program. It's not just about getting students and going. I have a uh, proven songwriting method that can turn anyone into a songwriter. And when I say it can turn anyone into a songwriter, I mean it. Uh, I can literally turn anyone into a songwriter to prove that point. I even taught someone who has never touched a musical instrument before how to write a song by using this method. 
And it's because of that you can do crazy things like I used to do and say, I am so confident that I can teach you how to become a songwriter, even though everyone else out there says that they can and they'll end up just teaching you inspiration techniques like this is how you write lyrics or sit by a lake and think about the things that make you happy and write about them. And that sounds like I'm joking, but that was actually in a book about learning to become a songwriter that I purchased when I was doing my research. And people are aware of that. So I would say to them, hey, look, you've tried before and failed. I guarantee you that I can turn you into a songwriter with songs ready for Spotify. If I can't, I'll give you a thousand dollars and people will be like, oh my goodness, I've got to take you up on that offer. And you might think to yourself, wow, how many times did you have to pay the thousand dollars out? And my answer is none, literally zero. There were no times ever throughout history of me being a songwriting coach. And even today, if I were to do it again, that I wouldn't be able to do it. So that's exactly what I'm teaching people to do. It's called the six figure songwriting coach. And if you're interested in that, you want to check it out, then uh, you can shoot me an email at Jason, J-A-Y-S-O-N at listenpath.com, or you can go to six figure songwriting coach. Uh, Admittedly, I will say the website is up from when the closed beta ran before and the price that it's currently at is still like discounted by like 90% to get people in. Um, Yeah, why not? I'll say that if you are listening to this podcast right now, uh, until the time comes that I do increase the price, which will probably be in the upcoming months. So apologies if you're hearing this in the future and the price has increased. But if you are listening to this within a few weeks of this episode coming out and you go to sixfigurestongwritingcoach.com and you check out the presentation and hear how it all works and if it's something you want to be a part of, I'll honor the discounted price for you for being a loyal listener of this podcast. I mean, yeah, you definitely want to get in on that because as I said, if you're looking to make money as a music artist, you either need the audience built already, which takes a lot of time and effort, or you can become a songwriting coach. If you play guitar or piano, you're good to go. And you can step straight into private songwriting coaching, train the next generation of songwriters, earn a fantastic living while doing so, while having all of the time free that you need to be able to work on your music and grow the audience that will eventually lead you into being able to safely transition to working full-time by just playing and performing your music. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of I Am Northbound. If you want more episodes of advanced music marketing that dives into even crazier stuff than what you just heard, then go to IamNorthbound.com and join the I Am Northbound inner circle. Every single week, you're going to get access to a ton of content that talks about things that other people just aren't talking about. We dive into advanced music marketing strategies, psychology and its application to advertising, persuasion and scientific research. Trust me, this stuff is information you cannot get anywhere else and will give you the upper hand in growing your audience and getting your music heard. We'll